This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Oh, let's cook. Let's do it. Ty Butler going until 3 o'clock today. 98.7 ESPN. We're on Twitter at Ty D. Butler. Instagram, T-Y-D-B-U-T-L-E-R. And you can join the conversation via the phone lines at 800-919-3776. Jordan Renan, 90 minutes from now, we'll get into the Giants from last night. Some preseason takeaways. Look ahead to the season about four weeks away from Giants-Cowboys Sunday Night Football. Looking forward to that. Jets on the table, of course. The pregame of Jets-Panthers coming your way at 3 o'clock with Dan Grasse Greg Buttle. You won't see Aaron Rodgers today, won't see the starters, but the big question is the offensive line. We will discuss that on the program as well. Talk a little basketball as we did last night, but first, got to get into the baseball. So the Yankees win last night 9-4, to that's good news. Judge hits another home run, and it is comical that this guy basically missed most of the season and still managed to lead the, the Yankees in home runs. That just tells you how awful and pathetic this offense has been. But they win last night 9-4. to The Blue Jays lose uh, their game to the Cubs, which means the Yankees gain a game in the standings. Right now, you look at the wild card. Blue Jays sitting in that third spot. The Yankees right now are four games back of them. If you are someone still believing and holding on to hope that they can make a run, all power to you, you have more confidence than I do. But I go back to late July when I saw what was happening with this team, and I decided to succumb to the reality that it just wasn't going to happen. Because prior to you know Judge and Radon returning, it was all we heard, right? Once these guys get back into the lineup, once Radon gets back into the rotation, the Yankees are primed for takeoff. I watched that team play bad baseball for too many months to decide that that was what it was going to take. Judge was historic last season, still wasn't good enough for them to win any games past the division series. Radon, he was going to miss the first half of the year, come back, be healthy and great, and help the Yankees. I just couldn't see it. And lo and behold, he ends up getting hurt again. So this is just one of those nightmarish seasons for the Yankees, and now they have to decide at season's end, if it was an aberration or the foreshadowing of things to come if they decide to continue in this direction with this regime. But going back to July, the only thing that made me feel, I don't even want to say good because it's depressing to live through an 162-game season that you know is going to end uh, the way that it's going to for the Yankees. The only thing that gave me hope was that it was so bad it could possibly lead to wholesale changes. And I'm talking about what Hal alluded to when he did that interview. Questions were going to have to be asked. Hard questions, he said, about what the hell happened to my team that started the season, one of the favorites to win the championship, second highest payroll. What happened that all of a sudden it's August 12th, and we're essentially drawing dead to even make the playoffs when 40% of the league advances. That is a catastrophe. That is a, a, a disaster of epic proportions that should facilitate those hard-hitting questions being asked. It, 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 should, it shouldn't be what Bob Clappers reported the, earlier this week 
Well, if they finish in last place, Aaron Boone's going to be fired. But Cashman, there's no chance he's gone. If I had Hal Steinbrenner on the show, my question to him would be, you look at this roster and all the question marks that we're going to have to go through in a moment. You really trust that Brian Cashman's capable of getting this done. You're putting all of your eggs in this basket. Furthermore, what happened at the end of last season, we thought was so awful. The Yankees, for eight years now, haven't been able to beat the Astros in the playoffs. Four different playoff exits at the hands of that team. Your general manager's job was to put together a group good enough to contend with those guys. And last we saw, you didn't even deserve to be on the same field with that team. So, how are you holding this guy accountable? Here's a four-year extension. That was the first sign that, that you know, if you're a Yankee fan, we're in trouble. Because there's no way you can watch that series and convince yourself, you know, if DJ LeMahieu were healthy, if Matt Carpenter were, were right, and if they didn't lose a- Andrew Benintendi... They had a chance of winning that series. No, they're, they're, stop it. So for how to further empower this GM, who now we have 14 years worth of evidence, can't put together a championship team, to me is a terrible sign. So then you get the report this week, his job is safe. And you wonder, what has to happen? How bad does it have to get in order for them to change what it is that they're doing because clearly this isn't working and I don't want to hear about injuries because the Braves experience injuries they won a World Series the Dodgers they've had a litany of injuries they still managed to be a good team the the Astros right now the second wild card still you know within striking distance of winning their division had significant injuries to their two best players and somehow Dusty Baker and company were able to figure it out everyone's injured and figuring it out. The Yankees just seem to be the only team that can't handle injuries. And the crapshoot, we've already extinguished that Fugazi idea. It's not a crapshoot. You look at the baseball playoffs every year, one of the best teams in the league either makes it to the World Series or wins the whole thing. You'll have the Phillies go on a run. You'll have the Nationals go on a run. But five straight, or is it six straight, championship series the Astros have been to. The Dodgers were in the World Series three times. The Red Sox won a World Series the year that they were awesome. It's not a crapshoot unless you're a team that can't figure out what to do. So when I look at this roster, again, my question to how. Yesterday we learned Nestor Cortez Jr. is pretty much done for the season. That left rotator cuff strain is going to knock him out. He was sidelined for two months. Rehab came back, looked great against Houston, suffered some, some, some soreness. He got pushed back a day. Yankees ran an MRI on him, and now he says it feels even worse than it did when he originally got hurt. So that's a, a giant question mark headed into next season. You look at his contract situation, he's ARB eligible for the next two years, which means you know it, it, it's more than likely he is going to return. But he essentially lost an entire season. Cortez, prior to spring training, suffered that hamstring injury. 
Then he pitched to an ERA above five and 11 starts before heading to the IL in early June, made one start after that, and now he's shut down. Herman, you would imagine, based on everything that has transpired since he's been here in a Yankee uniform, given the latest you know example of what's happened, he's done. There's no way they can bring him back. Severino in a contract year was as bad as he's ever been. No chance he's coming back. Then you have Radon. This is year one of a six-year contract. And I keep seeing folks comparing this to Carl Pavano, and I'm, I'm getting flashbacks to what a nightmare that was. So if the expectation is that Radon, who we know has an injury history, in his first year with the Yankees was dreadful, then he's blowing kisses at the fans, which I didn't love. He's going to essentially bag this whole year and then be healthy the rest of his contract? Frankie Montas, unrestricted free agent. So what you're looking at really is Garrett Cole, a big question mark hanging over Radon, who's got five years left on his deal, and Clark Schmidt, in addition to Nestor, who we just don't know what to expect from him next year. Once you put it into perspective, he had one great season— that landed him on the all-star team, but we don't have much evidence that he's anything more than that. What are you looking at with this rotation? A lot of holes to fill. Then you look at the, the entirety of the lineup. Your catcher, you can't go into another season just punting on offensive production from your catcher. Yankees catching off numbers this year, 29th in batting average, 28th in OPS. That's just not going to work. So that's a position you have to address. First base, Rizzo. The question is, is he cooked? Is he washed? Or was it just post-concussion syndrome symptoms that derailed his season? Because you look at the splits, he was he was really good prior to the, the collision with Tatis Jr. And then after that, he fell off a cliff, which, by the way, how, how on earth this organization that measures everything that analyzes everything from the way you sleep on planes to you know, just every crooks, right? They, they know everything about everyone. They watched Rizzo for 10 weeks look like a shell of himself, appear to be the, the worst position player in baseball, and then figure maybe there's something going on there. It's a terrible look for them. Second base, Torres was their most consistent offensive player this year, just given like he played the entire of the season. We know Judge is the best player, but he was hurt. So you give that nod to Torres. Uh, are you giving him a big contract? Shortstop, you know, you got Volpe locked in. Third base, hole. Josh Donaldson comes off the books. Right field, you're all set with Judge. Center field, I, Bader's been injured. You're going to give him a big contract and an extension? What's it going to take to bring him back? And then left field has been a disaster for the last three to four years. So it, you look at all of the depth chart, the entirety of the, the map of this depth chart. How? You trust Brian Cashman is going to be the guy to fix this. You think that the solution to everything that has gone wrong this year was firing the manager if that does happen I don't see it and I do think that Boone there's a case he he should be fired I, I'm not opposed to that but the guy who you're going to have take the fall for this 
was hired by Brian Cashman, who you're now going to allow to hire the next manager. In addition to building this roster that, as I just laid out, has a bevy of holes. We'll see how it works out. 800-919-3776. Yankee fans, line them up right now. We'll hear from you. Coming up, too, I want to talk about this. Can I ask this to the producers, Joe and, and, and Harvey? Who's got the better future? Who should be more optimistic right now? Mets fans or Yankee fans? Should be a fun conversation. Ty Butler going until 3 o'clock right here on 9870 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Since we couldn't be at Yankee Stadium hanging out with all the legends, he played He played the tunes, man. He brought the heat. So I, there is a, a tall order at hand for you. I don't know if you can deliver. I heard about it. I was actually hearing it last night, and I heard some things. Um, you got, you got suckered by who? By the people, the people downstairs, the, 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 the oh, little store. The, yeah. The newsstand. I bought this. Yes. Uh, I, I came into the station at five 30. I wasn't going to get home to 11. So I did the math and I'm like, there's no way I can make it through this entire show and, you know, commute home without just having a little snack. So I went to the newsstand downstairs about 10 feet from the station and I bought almonds, but it's like it's like ten almonds in this bag, and he charged me two dollars for it. So that's the latest example that we're just going in the wrong direction as a country. Can you explain the math on this though? That's two nuts an hour. <laughs> two nuts an hour. We made that into a joke. Listen, yesterday. two nuts an hour. That's a that's a pretty <laughs> two nuts an hour. That's that's a pretty good rate. That's two nuts an hour is a pretty good rate. But two dollars for ten almonds. Now the uh, I tried to park on the street just now and it's like four four fifty an hour, for two hours. Then you got to run downstairs and 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 go and go to the meter machine and dip your debit card. It's just too You're much. You like Don? It's the, too the much. Entire show. It's too much. But I, I I got lucky actually. I found a, a non-paid parking spot. Hopefully, because you know in the city sometimes you think it's a parking spot, you get there and then your car's not there. And now all of a sudden, you you got to go down to the lot, get the boot off, ticket, too much. That happened to me before. That's one of the worst feelings. Going to your car and it's not there. You got towed. Terrible feeling. 800-919-3776. Let's get to these Yankee calls. Uh, Giant fans want to weigh in as well. Keep on hold. We'll get to the football in a moment. Let's start with uh, Leon in the Upper West Side. What's up, Leon? Hey, what's going on, Ty? What's good? What's I've been good? Listening to the beginning of your career, I've been listening to the beginning of your career. You're doing a hell of a job. Thank you, bro. Let Appreciate me get to my love. Yankees point. Uh, all day. Let me get to my Yankees point. I was just telling the guy who picked up the call for me. I think if the Yankees, if we sneak in, I think we can make some noise in the playoffs. No chance. Okay. But go ahead, make your case. Well, say that because if you was a if you was a Philly fan last year, no, you would have said the same thing. No. If you was a National Washington fan a couple of years ago, you would have said the same thing. This might be one of those years that we're not the front runners, we're not the big bad Yankees. That the bats might just start clicking. Oh, longer, wait, hang on, Tevriano wait, pick. time out, Leon. The bats will start clicking based on what? You never. I'm just wishful thinking right now. See, that's the thing. I don't want to be that's the, the problem. negative Nancy. No, Leon, that's the problem. There's there's no concrete evidence you have to offer me. 
All, all you're doing is just hope so and wishful a, thinking. Go ahead, ask me the question. I'm a Yankees fan. I'm not a baseball aficionado like Michael Kane and company, right? What would have made you, because you're in the sports world. I just listen to sports. You know, I, I talk barbershop talk. I talk sports to my job site. What would have made you think Philly would have went on that run last year? Nothing, no. Philly looked but, but the, No, I get it, but the point is, like the, the, that's more of the outlier. That's an aberration. And one of the problems for the Yankees is they keep running into the same team, as I mentioned, since 2015. Every time they play the Astros in the playoffs, they can't beat them. If I remember my, in if the one-game playoff. And also what, what happened with Philly last year, Leon, something significant happened for them, and that was that they fired their manager halfway through the season. Girardi. Yeah, they fired Girardi. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, look, I don't know how much that played into them taking that leap and going on a run. A new voice, yeah, a new voice pushing them, a new, a new leadership. It probably sparked the, it probably sparked the club. And I, another point I want to make, I agree with you a hundred percent. I don't think ever. I'm not a big Boone fan, but I'm not against Boone because I don't really know what the manager does in baseball nowadays. It seems like he's just supposed to come in front of us and tell us everything's going to work out. I think that's his job. <laughs> that's the problem. I don't know what he does. I don't know if he makes I don't know if he makes Aaron Judge hit home runs. I don't know if he was the one who tested um Rizzo and told us he was okay. Like, but I don't know if you get somebody new are they going to make Seriano on pitch better? But see, no, I don't the, think he's going to be here next that, year. That's the problem, Leon. And I appreciate the call. The problem with with Boone is we really don't know how to analyze what he does. Because when, whenever someone is critical of his in-game decision-making, who he went to in the bullpen and it didn't work out, we're met with, well, it's not his call. That's an organizational decision. Whenever, like when Judge came back after missing two months of the season, he, he, he DH'd that Friday night against Baltimore. He played right field the Saturday and then Sunday, Sunday Night Baseball, in what was the turning point of the series, the rubber match, he was resting. But, oh, can't blame Boone. He doesn't decide that. That's decided by the organization. We really can't blame him for anything. What I do blame him, though, for is the lack of urgency. When I hear Harrison Bader, while his team is in the midst of just awful baseball, saying, you know what, we continue to play this brand of baseball, we'll be fine. That's on the manager. If your job isn't to make decisions, what you have to be held accountable for is the way your players carry themselves, how they act, how they behave. And if they're walking out there without a sense of urgency, to me, that has to fall on the manager. It's an indictment of him. And and, and we know the apple doesn't far too, fall too far from the tree. We listen to his press conferences. Strike out 18 times. Oh, we had great at-bats. Losing streak. Oh, it's right there in front of us. A couple of years ago, I had the audacity to say the league is catching up to us, even though the Yankees hadn't been in the World Series for, you know, at that time it was 11 years. Now it's 14. The league is catching up to us. So it's arrogance. It's lack of urgency. There's, there's a lot on, on the plate of Aaron Boone, which is why I'm not opposed to him getting fired. I think Cashman has to bear the majority of the criticism for what's happened this year. But it, acting like Firing Boone is some nefarious you know, doing is just ridiculous to me. Let's go to Antonio in Staten Island. What's up, Antonio? 
Hey, actually, I just crossed over, so now I'm in uh, New Jersey. But my question is, who do you think has to have accountability for the amount of errors that the Yankees made? I mean, granted, luckily the last couple of weeks they've cut down on the errors, but they're still 10th overall in the league in errors. I mean, that's, I, I have to put that on the coaching staff. That is on I the mean, coaching staff. Yeah, it is. Yeah, if, you're not, if you're not teaching fundamentals, then what are you teaching? No, I'm with you. So, not, not just not just the errors, but also like the base running blunders. Yep. Like, do you remember they put in? Uh, I think his name was uh, Peralta, or Perez rather. Per- they brought him up. Peraza. Peraza. Brought- yeah, Peraza. Peraza. They brought him up. They put him in. He made the third out at third base, trying to steal off of a uh, off of an out. The next game, he gets picked off of first. Yeah. How do you? How yeah. do you do that? But that, but to your point, Antonio, uh, the 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 lack of how do I put this? The, the like the lack of discipline, the fact that they're not buttoned up. You are already at a talent deficiency because of all the injuries. You need to play a brand of baseball that's crisp. When you get on base, can't get picked off. We need you to be able to execute the first to third. Can't make defensive miscues and errors. Like, this team needed to be as disciplined as possible because they were playing at such a disadvantage from a talent perspective, and they weren't able to do it. And when I, when I watched, for example, last year, Josh Donaldson pimping balls that he thought would have been home runs only to end up on first base, that's got to fall on the manager. We like to pretend you can't criticize Boone for anything. Everything is someone else's fault. Got to hold him accountable for something. Got to hold him accountable for something. 800-919-3776. Let's go to Brian in Milburn. What's up, Brian? Hey, Ty. You know I'm a huge fan of yours, Ty. What's up, man? Appreciate uh, it. This, this, this is the thing. I Everything you're saying about holding Boone accountable, but if I'm a player and I know at the end of the day you ain't nothing but a puppet, you really ain't making the decisions, but that's probably why you don't listen to him. Yeah, I know some of the stuff you're saying is definitely his fault, like base errors and Errors in the field and getting thrown out on bases, yeah, too, facts. But if you're not running nothing and then, and the people inside that room know you're not making the calls, it's coming from upstairs somewhere, they're never going to pay him no mind. It's never going to change until you get rid of Cashman. You can get any manager you want. He's going to make the manager, cut the players, talk nice. If you don't cut out the cancer, it's going to keep returning, bro. Yeah, no, I agree with that, which is why we get to the end of the season. I appreciate the call. And the only solution you have is getting rid of the, rid of the manager. That doesn't make you feel great about the future of this organization because you're just going to bring someone else in who's, who's Boone 2.0. And again, Cashman fired, or I guess his contract had expired. Joe Girardi wasn't brought back after going to Game 7 of a championship series. Cashman handpicked this manager. So now that you've decided this manager is the problem, you're going to fire him and allow the guy who picked him to hire his replacement. It's not adding up to a solution that creates positive results next year. It's just not adding up. So that's why I have an issue with it just being a boon a boon problem. No, it's not just boon. It's an organizational situation. It's an organizational issue. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Let's go to Anthony in the mail truck. What's up, Anthony? Ty, 
Hi, what's going on, my brother? How are you? I'm doing well, man. What's going on? Nothing much, man. Same old stuff. You know how it is. Shout out to the company. So, um, talking about this base running stuff, I mean, I've coached at basically every level. I've umpired at every level. I've played at every level except for, you know, major leagues, whatever. Um, how on God's green earth do you see a ground ball to third base that's right on the bag and you're on second base with less than two, less than two outs and you go on that, Glaber? That is it, – it, it's disgusting. Um, and the reason why I brought that up was because two callers ago – you know, they were talking about the base running mishaps and stuff like that. Yeah, defensive um, miscues, base running blunders, like all of these things that are signs of a team that's just – and look, it, I don't want to say Aaron Boone is the reason why these guys are committing errors. My point is just that when you are experiencing this degree of injuries, it's incumbent upon your team to play pretty much flawless baseball. And when that's not happening and we're seeing it consistently be an issue – that has to fall on somebody. It has to fall on the coaching staff. It has to fall on the manager. I, I don't disagree, Ty, in, in any way that you just said that. Um, and also, uh, Michael K said something that was very intriguing yesterday um, where he said, you know, well, if, if uh, you know, if Brian Cashman picked Aaron Boone and that failed, Kyle's got to step in and be like, listen, now I'm picking the manager yeah. and you got to deal with what I pick and – um, one last thing to, to answer your Twitter question that you had up on your uh, on your Twitter page today. Um, I, I, I don't I don't even think it's a question, and I think it's the Mets easily. Really? I think the Mets have a, a, a yeah. I think the Mets have a brighter future just because of of how hamstrung we are with the Yankees and, and their contract. And you know, and, and you talking earlier in the show with uh, Rizzo. Um, I think I think Rizzo was uh, hindered on that uh, play from Tatis because. I don't think that he's this bad. I don't think that he's falling off like you were you were saying or you were you know posing the question. I do think Stanton's done. I do think Donaldson's done. Um, but what are we going to do? And also, we're going to have to pay Cole next year because he's going to opt out and ask for more money. Yes, yeah, so, he's got Scott Boris as his agent. Well, look, we'll get into that so. um, next segment. Appreciate the call, Anthony. W- which future is brighter? If you are a fan of teams in this market. Which fan base should feel more optimistic? As far as Cole is concerned, I actually learned this yesterday listening to Michael talk about it. And so he's got an opt-out after the end of next season, which you would assume, based on the trajectory, he's just been lights out, he makes every start, probably going to win the Cy Young next year. He would exercise that opt-out to become a free agent. What is that, age 33 for him? But what the Yankees can do is uh, add a 10th year to the contract to negate the opt-out. So if they decide, you know, instead of this being a nine-year deal, we will make it 10 and pay you through whatever age that would be, 41, uh, I, I think that's the direction we'll see this going. 800-919-3776. I did put a question on Twitter, at Ty D. Butler. Which fan base should feel more optimistic? We'll get to that. Also, want to talk about the Jets and Giants. Giants were in action last night. Jets we'll see this afternoon. Once again, after this show, 3 o'clock, Dan Grasso, Greg Buttle, get your pregame started right here on 9870 ESPN. 800-919-3776. We're headed till 3 o'clock. Ty Butler, right here on 9870 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Yo, there's a lot of times I'm sitting in this seat and I do things 
to the producers that used to be done to me that I hated. And I just did it to Harvey. We got 10 seconds left in the break. And I'm like, yo, we got to come back with Slick Rick. It's like, man, we, you, you can't tell me this 10 seconds before we get on the air. Can't do that. I'll put you in a tough spot there, Harvey. Well, look, I mean, we still have time. There's always time to remedy this. So, so someone sent me a video of, you know, Snoop brought out Slick Rick and, and Dougie Fresh last night at Yankee Stadium. So it, it, it just... It made me happy and sad at the same time. Happy because those are my guys. Sad I wasn't there. We got to play Lottie Dottie, and we got to play the show. So cue that up in your Serato. If we can get to that, that would be awesome. Ty Butler going until 3 o'clock. If you're looking for hockey gear, Monkey Sports is the place to be with retail stores in Farmingdale, Long Island, and Woodbridge, New Jersey. Keep it locked into ESPN New York for your chance to score a $100 Monkey Sports gift card coming up later in today's show. It's all thanks to Monkey Sports from beginner to pro. They have what you need to take your game to the next level. For store details or to shop online, go to monkeysports.com. 800-919-3776. What's happening with the Yankees is they are essentially wasting the primes of both Judge and Garrett Cole. They're two best players. You take a look at what's happened the last two years. Judge wins an MVP in historic fashion, hitting 62 home runs. Garrett Cole this year might win the Cy Young. So you could have your best position player win the highest honor uh, last season, your best pitcher win the highest honor this season in a two-year stretch, and all you have to show for it is one playoff series win over the Cleveland Guardians. It's not great. And for me, there's just no clear blueprint that suggests that this thing is getting any better. Which is why I posed the question, who's got the brighter future? Should it be uh, the Mets who get the nod, or is, is it the Yankees? The Mets, let's not get it twisted. That was the biggest disaster, biggest collapse, probably the most embarrassing season of any team in sports history. Certainly New York sports. When you start the year with that high payroll, those expectations, and three months into the season, you're selling. I, that, like, you can't make this up. That, that's an abomination. But to their credit, they decided punting at the trade deadline. We're going to get rid of these older guys, Scherzer, Verlander. We're going to get rid of the expiring contracts, Fam, Canna, and do a little reset, Robertson, and acquire just a bunch of prospects to set us up better for the future. Seven of the players that they acquired rank among the top, you know, 23 minor leaguers. If all goes well, Acuna, Gilbert, and, and Jarvis can be up next season. The Mets went from a bottom five system to potentially a top 10. We don't know how this is going to work out. It's all like air, right? It's just... We don't know until it happens. We've seen with the Yankees, these highly touted prospects. And by the way, add Debbie Garcia to another one of those guys on the list of can't move him, untradeable, he's going to be great, and then zero value once he gets here. But for the Mets, you know, Cohen's going to pick up $100 million in salaries on departed players. Not a, not a problem since he's a billionaire. It's just when you go from what the expectations were to start the season to where you are now in the midst of a rebuild, think about it. This series against the Braves was supposed to be huge. You're a Met fan. You circled this on your calendar. Four games set at home. What well, was originally a three-game series, but with the doubleheader, you get three games against the Braves at home late 
or mid-August, try to get some redemption for what happened last year. We're looking forward to this. Verlander, Scherzer, hopefully, you know, Quintana or or or, or Sanga, whoever it is. Like we're we're all in. This is this is going to be a great series. And now it's just a wash. And of course, they lost seven nothing last night. But you know, you just look at both teams and where they are in their respective timelines. The Yankees still think they're contenders, even though they're not. A lot of questions going into next year, how to put this team together. The Mets decided, you know what, let's retool on the fly. We're going to try to be competitive in 2024 and then hopefully go all in on 2025. So if you're a Yankees-Mets fan right now, I want you to weigh in on this. Who is the team that should be more optimistic? Who's the organization that should feel better about their future? 800-919-3776. Let's go to Wes in East Hanover. What's up, Wes? Good afternoon, Ty. Good afternoon, company. You know, I, I was answering you, your question. I think the Mets have a brighter future. Uh, I think it's going to be dark, actually, uh, next year for both teams. Dark. Uh, but they but they cut they cut their losses a little sooner, so they are ahead of the curve. It, the Yankees' depth, as you pointed out earlier, it's a real problem. And you're going to have to build through free agency, and we know that that's not a good way to build, especially given who your GM is going to be at the end of the season. There's no, there's no hope for me in that way. And that's the thing. So, but, but your answer is the Mets. My answer is the Mets. Yeah, and, and I'm a Braves fan. So, but I, so why again? I think it's still dark because they're so far behind where the Braves are at that it's going to take them a few more years to catch up to that. <laughs> and that's what the I was Yankees just... were supposed. But the Yankees are supposed to be competing right now, too. And they've gone more than two steps backwards. I would say they've gone three or four steps backwards of the way it feels this year. Yeah, I appreciate the call, Wes. Here's the thing. I guess the flaw in the question is both teams are running different races. They're supposed to be running the same race. Cohen comes in here with his three- to five-year plan of winning a World Series. He's the reincarnation of uh, of George Steinbrenner. They're supposed to be running that race, but the Yankees are championship or bust. Meanwhile, the Mets, they, I think, would have, like their fan base would have accepted last year losing in the championship series. If they had lost in the NLC, they they would have accepted that. The Yankees got swept. There's no chance you feel great about that. So my pushback on your answer being the Mets is this. Last June... So June 1st of last season, you had a 10-and-a-half-game lead over the Braves. Today, on August 12th, you are trailing them by 21-and-a-half games. So that's over the course of the last 14 months. You've been 32 games worse than than the best team in your division. 32 games worse than that. That's what you're up against. That's the type of gap you have to close on not just the best team in your division, but that right now is the best team in baseball. So for all intents and purposes, your only path to getting to the playoffs right now as presently constructed, just given what we've seen, is through the wild card. Because there is no shot in one offseason where, you know— after just getting rid of your two best pitchers, in one offseason, you're going to be able to make up that significant of a deficit to overtake Atlanta. And they seem to just be the the well-oiled machine, the best-run operation in baseball. They figured out 
how to hack the system, and they they identify the talent, they lock them up early, then they become uh, they become assets that are just playing well below what the market value would have been had they hit free agency. The Braves just have it all figured out and might win the World Series this year. So that's the thing with the Mets. Not only are you not expected to be great next season, but whatever your timeline is, if it starts next year or if it starts in 2025, the deficit you have to overcome in your own division with that team and that's not even to mention the Phillies, who were in the World Series last year, are, are right now they're a playoff team. The Marlins, who have kind of trended upwardly, and, and they're in the playoff race right now. The Braves, are sta- they, they're just standing there. Got this division on lock, which is why it, it's, it's going to be tough to overcome them. Let's go to Manny and Flushing. What's up, Manny? Hey, what's up, Ty? How you doing, man? Uh, like you, I kind of miss. I kind of miss the opportunity to be in that concert because it's only because I was born in the Bronx, uh, in second grade during the '90s. In, in the '90s, I would say the first time I got exposed to hip hop, believe it or not, was fully a Western piece. He did that uh, when he made the King and Kel team. That was some great memories. Now, thank you, guys. All right, all to him, by the way. Yes. All right, Peter. Him. Um, you know. Yes, um, and and also I want to pick up. I want to say which team I think has a better future. I got to pick the Yankees. I mean, even though despite the fact they they've been they've been struggling this season, they're still over 500. I'm not too sold on the Mets because they you you can never uh, uh, you can never tell because that team has never been consistently good. I mean, the last time that the Mets have been consistently good was I think the mid 2010s like 2015 and 16 with that year they went to the World Series. And then prior to that, they never had, like, a, a, a season that was specifically good and make the playoffs. I mean, I think prior to that, I think the, that year is in the late 90s, 2000, um, 98 to 2000, they got in the playoffs, and then one year they got in the World Series while the Yankees were, were doing their close repeat. So if you ask me which team has a bad future, I still think the Yankees because – of their uh, because of, even though they never won a championship in 2009, but you expect them to at least make the playoffs every year. Yeah, listen, I, I appreciate the call. That the argument for the Yankees is pretty much what you just laid out. They had a four-year run where they missed the playoffs. What was it from 20? I want to say it was 20, 2013 to 2016, where they missed the playoffs three times. That was, you know, a down period where, you know, they were ushering out legends with Jeter and, and Rivera and A-Rods, you know, going through his thing and on, on, the, on the cusp of retiring. That was a down period for the Yankees. The case for them is that we know every single year they're going to put out a, a, a team that is at least contending for a playoff spot. Doesn't necessarily mean it's going to result in them doing anything in the playoffs. But even this year, technically, as bad as it is, they're still in the playoff race. That's the argument for the Yankees. My counter to that, though, is given everything I laid out, all of the mistakes that have been made over the course of the last couple of years in this regime, now you're looking for a new manager, presumably. All of that is going to fall on the plate of Brian Cashman. I just don't have any confidence he can rectify what has been a disaster. 800-919-3776. More of your phone calls when we return right here on 9870 ESPN. Wow, I thought that said new. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Three minutes left in the second. We might as well just play this song the rest of the segment. That Lottie Dottie. 
Still ringing off here in 2023. Shout out Dougie Fresh. Ty Butler going until 3 o'clock. Football season is back, and you have the chance to be part of the action by winning VIP tickets to Jets training camp, courtesy of your local Honda dealers. Keep it locked in for your chance to win. Coming up later in the show, visit your local Honda dealer for a great deal today. Honda is a proud partner of the New York Jets. 800-919-3776. Jeff is in Florida and wants to talk Yankees. What's up, Jeff? Hey, Ty. How are you? Doing well, man. What's going on? Okay, yeah, I'd like to weigh in on this uh, Met-Yankee debate and specifically focus on the Yankees, which I think was your main focal point um, in your initial comments. I'm watching both teams since the 60s, so I've basically seen it all with both of them. I've seen the hell years. I've seen the glory years. I've seen the different management, the different managers, basically all of it. And, you know, when you ask this question today, who do you think has a better, I, I don't know if it's a near-term future, long-term future, or you're just asking future? Just I, just like short-term, right? Like right. the okay. next three okay. years. Like who do you feel, or I guess we okay. could go, let's go five years, just to give the Mets a okay. little bit of a fair deal because Cohen said sure. you know, 2025 is when he's going to start uh, competing. Sure, that's, that's so let's go enough. next five years. Okay, that's fair enough. I mean, here, here's what I would say. Um. You know, everything starts at the top, as you know. So at the top, what are we talking about here? We're talking about Steve Cohn, and we're talking about Hal Steinbrenner. Everything starts at the top. Now, Steve Cohn's first year as an owner was last year. Everything looked great for most of the season, and then you had the collapse in that last series against Atlanta, which everybody knows about. Uh, which caused them not to win the division, and then they're out in the first round of the playoffs. Now, what was Steve Cohn's response to that? He didn't just say, look, you know what? We really had a good year. We had a 100-win season. We made the playoffs. Too bad we didn't win that playoff series. Too bad we didn't win the series in Atlanta, or at least one game to get that division. That wasn't his response. His response was, that's not good enough for me. I've got to do something more to get this team over the hump. So he goes out. Look, I disagreed with it. I don't think you pay 40-year-old guys, pitchers, $40 million contracts. Now, Scherzer and Verlander are obviously incredibly unusual. You don't see them come around too often, guys like that. They still are going to help their respective teams they're on right now, I'm sure. Uh, And they're doing it as we speak. But he said, look. I don't think we're far away. We need something to push us over the top. So he was willing to pay that money and get those two premier players. Didn't work out. He didn't just sit on his laurels and say, you know what? Maybe it will work out. Let's give it more time. Let's see what happens next year. No, no. He was, you know, he was big enough a man to say, look, I made a mistake. This is not working. And I'm going to try to get the best prospects I can and build for the future. And whatever other moves he made, he made. Now, you compare and you contrast that with Hal Steinbrenner, who is the opposite of George Steinbrenner. The only thing that mattered to George Steinbrenner, as you know, and I know he's before your time, or at least most of his tenure was before your time. The only thing that mattered to George Steinbrenner was wearing, wearing, I'm sorry, winning a world championship. 
Now, how is not the same. Was, yeah, and how is, has shown he's different. And Jeff, I'm sorry, I'm up against the clock. How has shown? I I, I want to be fair to how. I don't want to say that he doesn't want to win. Of course he does. But just from my observation, and I've made this comparison before, one of the things we loved about Kobe and Jordan was, of course they loved winning, but it was that hatred for losing that really drove them. It, they, that, they felt something they never wanted to feel again, which drove them that ensuing season. I remember in 2008, Kobe talked about walking off of you know the floor in the TD Garden in Game 6 when the Lakers got just blown off the court in the finals. And that we saw it drive him in 2009. Back-to-back championships. With how, I don't know if losing hurts him the same way that it hurt George. George had an extreme disdain. It was a passionate disdain for it. He couldn't stomach that. It made him want to throw up. How, it just sometimes comes across as, you know, we lost, but at least we made the championship series. The Yes Network ratings are fantastic. We're still filling the ballpark. The business is thriving. Business is booming. George wasn't like that. So that's the, 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 the difference between the two. We'll keep you coming with your calls coming up. 800-919-3776. Hour number two next right here on 9870 ESPN.